You think? Yeah. It's my fault. Oh, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Um, last week was my fault, but we're back and we're glad you're here. And tonight we're talking about the gallbladder and about um, emotions and feelings related to the gallbladder. Okay, so I'm going to kick off and then I'm going to pass it on to Tim because this is this is more his area tonight than it is mine. But I did have a couple of things I wanted to share. The um, the negative emotions most related to gallbladder are resentment. Another big one is repression, repressing emotions. What's repression? Repression is when your unconscious mind, either against your, well, it's one of two things. Either number one, your unconscious mind against your will is taking a memory away from your conscious awareness. Uh, I had a client one time that was a beautiful young lady, and um, she was probably 24 and um and during the course of of our time together there was one week where all of a sudden she remembered and and i hate to say this word but um and so i hope this doesn't negatively affect any of you okay but she remembered during our one of our sessions that six years previous, she had been raped mm-hmm. in college, in college. But for the last six years, she had never remembered that one time. And this happened as an adult, okay? She was like 18 when it happened. And for six years, she had no memory of it at all. But she had uh, depression, anxiety, OCD, uh, PTSD, uh, you name it, okay? Um, that's repression. And one one way that happens is when your unconscious kind of does it without your knowledge. And all of a sudden, you just have no memory of something that happened, even if it happened yesterday. The other one, the second one is when it's a painful memory to us. And so we consciously are kind of la, 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 la. No, 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 no. I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to think about it. If I, if I start to think about it, I'm immediately changing the channel. I'm going to put that into a deep um, dungeon locked door. And that, and I've got the key and I'm throwing it away and no one's ever opening that door again because it's just too dadgum painful, okay? That's the other type of repression, okay? Either one of them can absolutely eat your lunch. So if if it's such a negative thing, then how come our mind does it against our will, and then we do it according to our will sometimes? Why is it even possible? What's repression for? Well, it's primarily when these things happen when we are at a very young age, when we don't have the the faculties, we don't have the ability to deal with something that emotionally heavy, okay? So if it happens during those first few years of life, it's supposed to go to repression, locked door, and then when we're old enough to deal with it and have the emotional maturity, hopefully, to deal with it, 
Then we unlock that door, deal with it, resolve it, and move on in our life. The problem is, over the last, oh, several thousand years, according to the research, we have not evolved according to our emotional well-being. We have devolved. Okay? Now, why have we devolved? Because we've got a thing inside us called a stress barrel. And that's uh, metaphorical. It's not an actual wooden barrel. But all stress, physical, non-physical, relational, everything, chemical, all stress goes in that barrel. And as long as the barrel's not full, you're fine. Your immune system can deal with what's going on. You can do work. You can do play. You can have fun. You can be serious. You know, it's it. It's all good, okay? But, but when when the trauma comes and it's piled into that barrel and we never empty the barrel, we just keep adding to it. Once it gets full, then we go to what in health and medicine is called weak link theory. And I don't know of a doctor who disagrees with weak link theory. And, I pro- and I've heard from hundreds uh, the first one I ever heard from was Dr. Darsh Rapp, uh, a medical doctor, worldwide pioneer in children's environmental medicine. It was in her book. Now, it wasn't original to her, but that's the problem, guys. If you have these things happen and you just you you push them away instead of dealing with them because they're painful and also maybe because you don't know how to deal with them, they pile up. That stress barrel gets fuller and fuller and fuller. And once it gets full, then the least little tiny nothing thing causes you to break at your weakest link, which is different for everybody. For me, it was acid reflux in my 20s. And that's actually where I met the good looking guy on your screen was I went to him for my acid reflux and he fixed it in no time. Okay. And I haven't had it since. All right. Hope for hope, my wife, it was depression. For Dr. Ben Johnson, who co-authored my first book, it was Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, probably the the number one killer on the planet. If you get that, it's just, it's over. Okay. Not for Ben. He healed completely. All right. But you break at your weakest link. Okay. So it is essential, everyone to not ignore these things, but to deal with them when they come up. And when they come up, that is the best time to deal with it, okay? Resolve it right then and move on. Now, if you're a little kid, no, but you won't be able to because you'll automatically repress, okay? But as an adult, we need to, on purpose, intentionally, go digging through our stress barrel and resolve those things so that we can heal and our immune system can work the way it's supposed to and all of that. Okay, so let's go to the biggest emotion from the gallbladder, which is resentment. Um, Let me talk just a second about the gallbladder itself, although Tim's going to really get this one. But the gallbladder uh, produces bile. Bile attacks fat and and. Uh, and takes care of fat in your body so that it doesn't kill you or kill you sooner or, you know, 
whatever, all right? The liver and gallbladder are like brother and sister. They're very closely related. Out of the liver comes bilirubin. Bilirubin is, comes from the breakdown of red blood cells, and bilirubin isn't considered toxic. In fact, it's, it's ushered out of the body. Bile is considered highly toxic, and that is out of the gallbladder, all right? Well, um, the gallbladder emotion is anger. The, I'm sorry, the liver gall, liver, uh, liver is anger. Gallbladder is resentment. Now, what is resentment? Resentment is a combination of anger and unforgiveness. Okay? Anger and unforgiveness. Now, anger, if you experience anger and it's not righteous anger. Now, what's righteous anger? Righteous anger is something that everyone on planet Earth should be angry about. A child being harmed. Um someone being mistreated, that lovely young uh, 20, 24, 26-year-old lady who was raped at 18, that's something we should all be angry about. And, and why? To, to, to spur us to action to help those people, okay? But outside of righteous anger, if you're angry, you have a wrong goal. Currently, right now, Okay, and the wrong goal is an expectation about something in the future. I am not okay right now. I need this to happen for me to be okay. But the thing you're thinking you need to happen to be okay is not what you need to be okay. What you need to be okay, the way you need to become okay is to forgive whoever you have unforgiveness and anger toward. Now, you know, the number one culprit of that, yourself. Anger and unforgiveness toward yourself. I see that more than any other type of anger or unforgiveness. Although I see a lot of, of all kinds, meaning anger and unforgiveness with other people. But, you know, you know, the amazing thing is I've been so blessed and honored to work with so many wonderful people. It's incredible to me. The more wonderful the person seems to me, the more unforgiveness they tend to have toward themselves. It's it's amazing, okay? So unfor uh, anger is means you have a wrong goal. Unforgiveness is is the biggest emotional issue on planet Earth and pretty much for every single person on planet Earth, okay? And one of the biggest questions I've been asked over the years by my clients is, how the heck do I forgive? I've said the words a hundred times. I've prayed. I've, 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 I've beat on the table and said, I forgive. I forgive. But when I think about that person or that issue, I do not feel like I've forgiven. I feel like I've still got anger and unforgiveness related to that issue or that person. Okay, here's the secret I've found, or a secret to forgiving. You have to separate the person from their behavior, okay? They are not their behavior. 
and you are, and what you're doing is you are judging them that they are their behavior. So if they lied to you, you're labeling them like writing on their forehead, liar. Well, that is way too simplistic, ladies and gentlemen. Just because someone tells a lie, I would never label them as a liar. In fact, I've asked many, 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 many people over the years, have you ever told a lie? Because it was in relation to this uh, discussion of forgiveness. Knock on wood, to date, I've never had one person say no. Everyone has said, yes, I've told a lie at some point in my life. All right. Well, and Alex, if somebody says no, I guess that proves your point, right? There you go, baby. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So so everyone I've asked has said, yes, I've told a lie. Okay. Here's the next question. If you've told a lie, how would you feel if the government or that person or the powers that be or all of us ganged up and held you down or whatever and with paint that will never wash off wrote liar across your forehead. How would you feel about that? Think about that for a second. How would you feel? You've told a lie, right? So that's that's literally true. But how would you feel about having that on your forehead? Would you feel that's fair or would you feel it's unfair? Well, almost everybody says unfair because yes, I've told lies, but I would never consider myself as my identity a liar, okay? You have to separate the person from their behavior. Just because they lied doesn't make them a liar. Just because they cheated doesn't make them a cheater as as far as their identity. And here's the way here's the way that should move you to be able to forgive. What is the judgment as to when you get this written on your forehead and when you don't? In other words, does it take one lie before you're a liar? Does it take 10 lies? Does it take 100 lies? And and at 101, you're now officially a liar, okay? Well, whatever that is, how did you come up with that number? Okay? And, and what if someone came to you and said, no, 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 no. My number's not 100. My number's 50, and you've done 51. And so you're a liar, but I've done 49, so I'm not a liar. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a ridiculous game. But almost everyone I know that holds unforgiveness in their heart is playing that game. All right? There are no winners in that. The only way to win is to drop it all and say, I'm not judging. You're not a liar. I'm not a liar. I'm going to treat you as a decent person. I hope you will treat me as a decent person. I'm going to forgive. There's an ancient manuscript that says you will be forgiven as you forgive others. And if you don't forgive others, you will not be forgiven. Okay? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I need forgiveness. I've messed up more than anyone I know on planet Earth, and that is no joke, okay? 
So I'm going to forgive everybody. I'm not going to judge anybody because I need forgiveness too. And I believe I will be judged as I judge. So what does that mean? It means the unforgiveness and the anger have got to go. They are a losing game. That is a lo- If you want to use a poker analogy, that's a losing hand every single time. And the person it hurts the most is not the person you're angry or have unforgiveness toward. It's you. It's you. If you hold anger and unforgiveness in your heart, you are in chronic stress, guaranteed, okay? So that resentment, which is the combination of anger and unforgiveness, liver and gallbladder kind of together, is absolutely monstrous in your life because unforgiveness is the biggest issue on planet Earth as far as emotional well-being, okay? So... um and and then uh, at the end, uh, Laura's going to put up um, our Trilogy Wellbeing program, which has the healing code and trilogy to heal the source of gallbladder issues and uh, anger and unforgiveness and re- together, which is called resentment. So, Tim, tell us about the the physical part. Yeah, yeah. Well, brother, I got to go back and hit some of what you said. So you're the only one here that probably knows how little I know. And so um, I told, so let me just tell everybody what we had planned tonight. I have a gentleman, and and I mean that in the very sense of the word, an incredible gentleman I've got to work with. He comes in from Kentucky to see me here in uh, Nashville, and he's fantastic. And everything I've asked him to do, he's done with 100% gusto. Well, when I met him, his blood sugars, and I know we're talking about gallbladder. I'm getting there. His his uh, his uh, blood sugars were about 350. He was really in a crisis, and and uh, we were uh, trying to get him an emergency referral to see an endocrinologist, and we had some problems doing that. So it's me and him. And I got to keep him alive long enough to get to the endocrinologist. And, and, uh, we're headed that way. Now we start out at 350 blood sugar. So, so, it's so dangerous. And so, uh, we get to where we're doing some things and we're helping the liver. We're helping the pancreas. We're helping the adrenals. We're doing some things. We get down to 300, 290, 285. So I start doing deep dives on his history. Alex, you know, he started having high blood sugar 45 days after a emergency gallbladder removal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, do you know that no real doctor and, and uh, nobody in their right mind would ever go, well, you know what I should do? I should go back and look at that guy's gallbladder and see, uh, well, now he doesn't have one. It's in the trash can. But wonder what would happen if. And so we started putting him on gallbladder support just because I just went back and said, this isn't good enough. What else can I do for this guy? I'm thinking small. I'm thinking pancreas. I need shame on me. I need to stop treating his problem. I need to start treating his person and I need to fix all of him. And I still have failed to do that, by the way. You just brought it out. You brought another one of my failures to light here just a minute ago. But, but, so we went back and picked up the gallbladder and we put him on gallbladder support. And I got a text from him today. Let me, uh, or, uh, uh, a couple days ago. And I'm going to put this up here. His name's not on it. 
And I'm going to show those. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, it says at the bottom his average sugar for seven days is 212. Wow. Now, the uh, under the endocrinologist's care that we finally got him into, he was 400. He got worse. So now we're, we're 212. So I told him, I know this guy who's a genius, who's a healer, who's got, who's gifted from heaven above, who knows all this stuff about gallbladder stuff and anger and resentment. And I don't know much, but I know the guy who knows a lot. And this gentleman, I won't tell his story because it's not my place to do that, but he had some stuff that would fall definitely into the anger and resentment category. What I don't know is I didn't know what you just said about forgiveness. I had no idea that uh, the the tie-in between unforgiveness and, uh, and, and so that makes perfect sense. I have no idea if this is applicable or not, but brother, I'm going to hook you guys together and my measly 150 points better improvement on the blood sugar. Hey. I'm going to turn it. I'm going to turn him over to you, and I bet you money when we get that part of his body back working from an emotional standpoint, I bet we have a tremendous difference. And so uh, I appreciate you. I wish I knew what you knew, and then uh, I would be able to help people more. But we, we do it together, right? Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know blood sugar numbers, that is not a measly difference. That's a huge difference. Well, it's been it's been a it's been a uh, optimistic for sure. Now, I know I like to show everybody my artwork, and I know people really tune in for my good drawings here. But what Alex said was exactly right a few minutes ago. He said the liver and the gallbladder are besties, so the liver is a whole lot bigger than the gallbladder, and the gallbladder is tucked up underneath that. And there's this little duct that runs behind the stomach and it drops in here to the small intestine. But here's the kicker. Three things happen at that spot. One of them's triggered by the gallbladder. One of them's triggered by the stomach. And the other one's triggered by the head of the pancreas, which has nothing to do with insulin. It's all about uh, some of the other things that the pancreas does. As three of them happen, all of them happen. If one misfires, they all misfire. So if you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, then you have to absolutely, we talk about gut health. That is the beginning of the gut. That is the first part of the gut. If it doesn't start right, it can't go right. And so we've got to have that one taken care of. Now, I'm going to tell one more story before I actually do what you told me to do tonight and talk about this gallbladder thing. But this has to do with, uh, we'll, we'll mention this book here a minute ago. This one was a fantastic read. And there's a couple things in there. And my wife says, my brain is so crazy. But look at this guy's last name, Alex. Saladino. Well, but if you take out the last Salad. few letters. Salad. Yeah. So the salad guy wrote the carnivore book. Isn't that crazy? But, but this was fantastic. But this led me to this one. And ah. the word that I want to add to what you said about the gallbladder is the gallbladder emulsifies fats, okay? What's that mean? Well, it breaks them down. It makes them useful. It changes them from this to that. It takes the raw material and brings it into a format that the body can use. Now, here's my, on my way down in the elevator, if I get 30 seconds before I hit the ground to tell humanity, what might you do to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Here's what's absolutely true. I was taught this when we worked together, Alex, I was taught this 20, 
oh gosh, five years ago. Do you remember all the Russian orphans that I used to help with? I don't. So they, we had a really group, a sweet group of people who were adopting Russian babies and they had never been hugged. They had never been loved on. They had never been. They basically just fed them enough to keep them alive because they had such limited resources and so many children that they gave them cheap carbohydrates. They gave them rice. They gave them uh, potatoes. They gave, just gave them whatever they could give them and they barely kept them alive. So these little kids had like affect disorders that you couldn't hug them. You couldn't, uh, the, the, the adopted parents were trying to love on them. Their vocabularies were stunted. Their mentality was stunted. So we now know that there's this stuff called EPA and DHA. So the, the fatty acids like for fish oils and that type thing that are neuroprotective and help the brain. So what I did is I kind of figured uh, that uh, with limited resources, the children were probably fat deficient in the years or the stage of development that they needed fat. So we gave them just, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know much. I was just trying. I gave them fish oil. I gave them flax oil. I gave them coconut oil. I gave them black currant seed oil. I just gave them fat. Unbelievable. We would triple and quadruple the vocabulary in six or eight months. They would let you hug them. They would start to, and their, and their, their neurological development would start to adapt towards normal. Is that fantastic? It's incredible. Yeah. Now, here's the absolute truth. We're not like them. And we're not like them, Alex, because me and you, you more than me, we're way older than them. And yeah. so now we can't take that fat and we can't do all those fantastic things. Now, before before we talk about, well, how do you make your fat work for you? Here's a couple other little things I want to tell you. So do you know what cholesterol is? Everybody's scared to death of their cholesterol. But before we talk about cholesterol, you are where you came from, right? So let's let's go back to the hood for a second, where we all got our start. We'll go back to your mean streets, Alex. Back to the hood, right? So so uh, so when we when we take a cholesterol molecule and we take him back to his beginnings, he's a sterol. And if you think about that, you go, where did I hear that term? Well, a sterol can become a steroid. So if I took testosterone and I took Lipitor, I should throw both of them away and I'd get the same result because it makes no sense for me to block my cholesterol and increase my testosterone when really I just need to adapt and convert one from the other. So if you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you better, I mean, you better Read the title. You better know your facts. And so here's why. So we have uh, young ladies that are athletes. This is what I learned from some of my patients years ago. We have these young ladies that are soccer players or they're track stars or they're on the uh, basketball team and they run, 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 run. They get their body fat so low that they'll stop having their menses. So they don't have enough fat to make their hormones, okay? So remember, this is young people. So these little girls will stop their cycle so that that has sometimes a real negative outcome later in life, their fertility and their metabolism and their hormones and basically their overall function. So the moral of this story is, is that your fat is necessary to make your hormones. Now, 
which hormone, which fat. That's a that's a really deep conversation. But here's the kicker. You don't necessarily have to know all that if you get a couple things really, 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 really right. So here's the uh, and, and, and Alex, and, and, and you know how this goes. Uh, I, I was a consultant for a big group on a, on a nutrition project. They had me in the group and I went to the leader of the group and I said, uh, the, the guys who were paying our bill. And I said, look, I should not be the leader of this group. There are eight or nine guys in this room smarter than me. You guys shouldn't, you need to reconstitute this group. I'm happy to contribute. I think I have some things to offer. But he said, do you think you were in charge because you were the smartest guy? And I went, well, uh, uh, I thought I was. And he said, no, 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 no. You're the only one we can understand. So I'm here to break down the really smart people stuff to an applicable, what do, what do the Jimmys and Joes do? And I'm not going to worry about the X's and O's. I'm just going to tell you what the Jimmy and Joes do. And so this is how, this is how real world we make the best best of our life, the rest of our life. But you got to know your fat. And if you got to know your fat, you better know your gallbladder because your gallbladder is what emulsifies your fat. So Alex and I are trying to put together a system where we have multiple steps, as concise as we can get it, for you to have uh, success with all of these things. And that's kind of how our collaboration was born with this. And so how do we get fat to work for us. Now, remember, we can't make hormones without fat, right? So we got to get our gallbladder function up. Now, here's the kicker. I get, I am so guilty of this. This is the, one of the things I do wrong uh, more than anything. My brain uh, can't separate it. Uh, I misspeak all the time. And I've seen some comments on some of our podcasts, Alex. I've been caught doing this and I do it so often, it's unconscious. I always say gallbladder stuff when I mean the liver, and I say liver stuff when I mean the gallbladder, because you were right when you said the liver and gallbladder go together better than peanut butter and jelly, okay? And so the gallbladder is a reservoir and a way station for the release of what's made in the liver, okay? And so certainly we can live without a gallbladder, but then we don't have the reserves always, and we don't have the delivery that is ideal. And so uh, I'm not giving dosages because uh, I want everybody to research this. So you're going to have to work a little bit tonight. I can't break it down for the masses because all these things are a little bit different and uh, they're important because your hormones uh, are dependent on your emulsification of fat and the gallbladder and liver have everything to do with your success. But if a person doesn't have a gallbladder, I use a supplement called Colacol. And if you'll look at the first four letters of that, col, like cholesterol, right? Uh, that is, this supplement is basically a gallstone crushed up from a bowl, put into a peel. So this is gallbladder in a bottle. So if you don't have a gallbladder, you really need to become an expert on Colacol and depending on weight and medications and all the things and, and what we're trying to achieve, uh, I consult people on how to use this. But if you don't have a gallbladder, you cannot break down fat-soluble vitamins. Real quick, A-D-E-K, ADEC. You better not gamble with ADEC. ADEC is all the fat-soluble vitamins, A-D-E-K. 
So uh, if you can't absorb them, then we're, we're nutrient deficient in all the organ systems that run off of A, D, E, and K. So A is your eyes, liver, gallbladder, urinary bladder, uh, intestinal mucosa, uh, D, vitamin D. Uh, that's definitely your skeleton. That's all the hormone cancers. That's COVID. That's uh, 19 other things. That's the conversion of sterols to steroids. That is uh, a lot. Vitamin E is a hormone. It's almost testosterone. Vitamin E is cardiac. Number one killer, 43 years in a row. Move on. Vitamin K is your blood. These are big deals. If you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you better know your fats. And if you want to know your fats, we got to get your game on with the gallbladder. Now, everybody goes, oh, God, they're doing gallbladder. I don't want to hear this. You better hear this because you cannot be your optimum without your gallbladder function. So Alex and I have followed Dr. Salad's advice, and we've done the carnivore thing. So I'm day 27, and I've had some really nice changes. My energy level uh, is fantastic. Uh, matter of fact, if you hang out with me, I'll irritate the snot out of you right now. My energy level is so high. I've lost a bunch of weight, but I've been able to maintain my strength, maybe even gain a little bit. I've lost inflammation. I've lost my bloat. I've lost an inch and a half in my waist in 27 days. But it's not what I did. It's what I didn't do. And so when you're on that carnivore diet, you're not getting all those inflammatory foods, but you're also getting lots and lots and lots of fat. And if you're going to make hormones and you're going to get better and you're going to get stronger, you have to have the raw materials of fat to build it. Now, the number one nutrient that my opinion uh, uh, is for the liver to help the liver start the process is a supplement called AF beta food. I've never been able to beat it. Uh, I, I would like to put one more thing in it. If I could do that, I think it'd be the best thing on the planet. Uh, it is the best thing on the planet. I think it'd be the best thing in the galaxy if I could add one thing to it. But the AF beta food is beets, flaxseed, and liver from a big hairy bull. And what it does is it makes the liver start to break down all the bad things. We get rid of excess insulin so I can make a guy make more insulin because I can make him less insulin resistant. And so if I can get him to do that three times a day, I drop his blood sugar 150 points. Okay. If I can get the liver doing really good at breaking down estrogen, I can get hyperestrogenic symptoms with fibroids and PCOS and endometriosis and all those things, I can get them better. Now, if I can get the liver working better, I can move to the gallbladder. And if I get the gallbladder doing good, I want to get things going through the gallbladder. Now, Alex, I'm the expert on cheesy analogies. So I've got a good one here, I think. You'll probably hate it, but I think this is a good one. So let's picture that I snuck up behind Alex. And I love Alex. He's one of the best human beings that ever wore shoes. But if I had him in his shoes and I snuck up behind him and I pushed him real hard, I could get him to stumble two or three steps. So I can move him if I sneak up on him real quiet and give him a push. But two or three steps doesn't serve my purposes. And I haven't got Alex to really move anywhere I want him with two or three steps. But if I put Alex on ice skates and I sneak up behind him and I push him, I can get him to go all the way across the rink. And I have moved him through 
the biliary duct and I've got him dumping into the small intestine because I've got him to flow right through there. And what do I do to do that with? I'm glad you asked. It's a supplement called choline. What are the first four letters? Oh, you mean like cholesterol? Yeah, right? So choline is the uh, 10W30 lubricant that smooths the, the, the biliary duct. And that one is pretty safe to do no matter what your situation is. You do a little if you're not as good as you want to be. You do a lot. But when we get the liver good and we get the gallbladder good, now we can emulsify fat and we use fat to make our hormones. What happens if your testosterone goes up? What happens if you start making insulin again? What happens if you balance your cortisol and you start to stop? Oh, Alex, you triggered me. You triggered me. I'm going to need counseling. When, when, when you were talking about what you call it, the stress what? Barrel. Stress barrel. I about fell out of my chair. I don't know what stress barrel is, but I do know what choline is. And I know what cortisol is, and I know how you block cortisol. And the two biggest compounds on the planet that block cortisol are phosphatidylserine and phosphatidylcholine. And if your gallbladder is stealing all of your choline, you won't have any left over for you to block cortisol and your stress. What? Barrel. Barrel. Your stress barrel will overflow because you don't have enough choline because your gallbladder is stealing from your stress response. And so, so you've got to know your fats, which means you've got to know your gallbladder. Now, how do we like give people some stuff? And our goal is always we give you some freebies. We got to give you some freebies. So how do you get anything stronger? You work it. So if you want your biceps stronger, you get on YouTube and find some guy's got big biceps and do what he does, and then you'll get big biceps. And if you want big legs, you you figure out the same thing. You do that exercise and you build that thing up. If you want a strong gallbladder, guess what you better do? You better work it, okay? And so uh, what do we do to work the gallbladder? Well, we can go, we can take Dr. Salad's advice. Uh, and this guy's story is phenomenal. Dr. Saladino had an autoimmune uh, thing that he mentions in the book, and it's gone because he got rid of his inflammation and his stress response because he strengthened his, uh, well, he, he stopped probably his leaky gut. He raised his gallbladder function. He lowered his stress Bucket, barrel, barrel, uh, and he got his inflammatory condition reduced because he got he got to know his fats and he made his hormones and he solved the equation. He's making the rest of his life the best of his life, but you gotta master the gallbladder. So you can do this by eating lots more animal protein. And Alex, I think I told you when we did the the beginnings of the carnivore thing, the trick uh, with carnivore diet, for all you guys who are really, really interested in doing this, the trick is there's a thing neurologically called satiety or satiation. And if you want to be satiated, your brain has to go, oh, I'm full. I'm not hungry. I don't want anything. Well, carbs don't do that. Matter of fact, they do the opposite. Protein really doesn't do that because protein breaks down into carbs. So mm, not great. Fat, 
does that. Now, every every sweet lady on this on this interview tonight, I want I want you to hear me. I want I this we do this in my office. We talk about the F word, and you know, with pretty ladies, Alex, you know what the <laughs> F word is. It, it's fat. Fat does not make you fat. Amen. Yeah. Fat, actually, uh, the higher the fat diet you go on, probably you'll end up like Alex and you'll be lean and mean, or he's not mean, but he's lean. And so you get your, you get your body fat actually down by increasing your fat. And so this is crazy. When I started my professional journey, I had my first biochemistry class. The textbook was written by a guy at Vanderbilt named Martin Catan, and he did something called the T-Factor Diet, won the Nobel Prize, and he told you count your fat grams and don't eat fat. So, Alex, we were running around hopped up on bagels thinking we were doing the right thing because that's what the perfect. So we've come full circle all this many years later, and now we're saying do the thing that they said don't do. And I know you guys, listen, when it comes down to listening to me or listening to Dr. Alex, listen to Dr. Alex, because I'm a crazy nutrition guy and there's no two, no two of us ever agree. So you guys have all got to go. Well, does he know what he's talking about? I don't think he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't look that smart, but the other guy, the other guy always tells the truth. And he is on the cutting edge of the mental emotional thing. So if you're going to pick, listen to Dr. Alex, because I'm just one of those crazy guys with an opinion. But but I will tell you this. I've got 27 years of, of experience, and I won't tell you what I've done right, but I will tell you I've done almost everything wrong. I used to be a vegetarian. Uh, so I was an anemic vegetarian that could barely open the front door to get myself in to get help. And so – I have done so much wrong. I know what that is. And so I'm still finding out what the wrong stuff is. But here's what I've got to do. I got to know my fat. And so if you don't want to be a carnivore, that's okay. But you better know your fat. So you better do olive oil. You better do avocados. You better, but you need to up your fat because that's how you up your hormones. And when you get those, hormones uh, up to a higher uh, regulated level, then you have more uh, uh, metabolism, you have more focus, you have more energy, you have more libido, you have more resistance, and you'll have the precursors in your body that will help you. So I would tell you on the way down in the elevator, if we're going to end it all in 30 seconds, and I'm not going to make it, but you're on the cell phone with me as I'm going down, if you end up with a health crisis and you're desperate and you've got very little resources and you want to take a shot, do black currant seed oil, do a carnivore diet, do fish oil from sardines and anchovies if you can, do uh, uh, not men as much, flaxseed oil, uh, do coconut oil, fat, 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 and, and do it topically, do it internally. Uh, and, and as you increase your fats, you give your body the raw materials. Now, your whole cholesterol coats the brain and the spinal cord. Your brain and spinal cord tell everything what to do. And yes, I'm a chiropractor. You've heard that before. But I see it every day. When we increase the mental function and the nerve flow, unbelievable things happen. And we show graphs of people who lose 150 points on their blood sugar in six or eight weeks. And so guys, I want this for you, but you've got to know your fat. You've got to uh, know your, uh, the, the minutia of 
Hey, if I get my gallbladder working, now he said there's three things. They all happen or they none happen. So if my gallbladder works, maybe that's why I can do to make my stomach work and that pancreas thing. What's it do? Oh, yeah, insulin. Oh, you mean everybody's becoming diabetic now? So you can do the things if you add these pieces together and, and we're trying to give you the nuts and bolts. Now, here's the freebies. So you know the fat thing. You know the carnivore thing. If, if you're a vegetarian, you know avocado and olive oil are the, are the gold standards there. Now, here's the kicker. Do you remember the thing about an apple a day? Finish the course, Alex. An apple a day keeps... Doctor away. That's only true of the gallbladder doctor, probably. But here's the kicker. The things in apples sometimes are what we use. Some of you guys can uh, Google, look up. Back in the old days when we didn't know what we didn't know, there was, there was a thing called the gallbladder flush. And people would do a gallon of apple juice every night. And then they would go uh, apple juice and water for... I don't know, six or seven days. They take an enema, do like some uh, olive oil to give themselves a fat bomb, and their gallbladder would like vomit. And and they would shoot 30, 40, 50 gallstones in the toilet the next morning after a, another good enema. And uh, we'd have a, and so don't, please don't do that because they might get stuck. And uh, that's not the best idea. But if you live through it, congratulations, you've got all those gallstones that slip through there. But I would rather you be slippery before you did that. And I would rather you have a nice push before you did that. I'd rather you not do that because that's long since been proven to be beatable. But apples, an apple a day, and a little bit of organic apple juice after every fatty meal helps to thin your bile. And as we get that moving through the gallbladder, we'll get your gallbladder to emulsify fat to take it from useless to the magical chemical that makes your hormones, protects your brain, protects your spinal cord, and ladies, makes your skin really pretty because I know that's important. It gets your hair uh, where it's not dry, and it, it's a tremendous amount of things that it does, even for dry eye and and uh, all kinds of things. So, uh, Alex, that's my that's my freebie thing that's uh and i know some of those are complicated supplement wise i didn't say take this many of this and take that many of that because there's so much specificity per people's body weight and uh uh specifics that i i I just can't make blanket statements with these things because it's such a big deal yeah um let me let me give you all an update thanks tim Um, yeah my wife hope okay hope does not like meat. She's never like, the only time she's ever liked meat was when she was pregnant. Then she couldn't get enough. But outside of being pregnant in her entire life, she's never liked meat. So we were looking into doing this carnivore diet, had heard great things about it. I talked to Tim about it. He gave me some great pointers. And um, I was totally committed. Okay, I'm going to do it at least 30 days. Hope, when we were talking about it, said, I just don't know that I can do that. I don't like meat. I just, I just, it sounds awful. There's no way I can eat meat or, or animal protein for 30 days. And, uh, at the time we started, Hope, Hope is a, a beauty queen, literally, um, from high school and all that, cheerleader, class president, I mean, you name it, she was it. 
And and probably the one thing in her life that she's never been, well, it's probably a lot of things she's never been called because she's really sweet. But one thing she's never been called is fat. And there have been a number of times that she has thought she was fat and even said, I'm fat. A hundred people could look at her and a hundred people would say, are you crazy? If she's no fat, way. Alex, I'm medically obese. Yeah, right. And and so um, I think she weighed 132 or 33 pounds when we started Carnivore. And that was about five pounds or so more than she wanted to weigh. But you couldn't tell that she had too much weight. Well, so she goes into this totally dreading it. This is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be awful. I'm going to hate every day of this, okay? And she said, I'll try it for a week, but I don't think I can do more than a week. After five days, five, she was feeling so much better that she said, I, I, I honestly don't know if I've had this energy, this much energy, or felt this good since college, which was over 30 years ago, okay? And and she looked, and when she said that, she looked at me with this really puzzled look <laughs> on her face, like, how did this happen, okay? So anyway, we get to five days, and she said, I'll try it for a week. Well, let me tell you, after five days, there was no stopping her. I mean, she was like, if this is what I get after five days, you try to keep me from doing this. No way. Her brain fog was gone. Her um, her sleep was better. Her energy was sky high. In fact, she, what about uh, sinus problems? Yes, that got better. She has chronic. Uh, she's a highly sensitive one percenter. We call them sometimes uh, who has kind of chronic sinus. Uh, she gets bad headaches from that. It, oh, it got dramatically better. Okay. And after, after, I think it was three weeks, she'd lost 11 pounds and she was like, I don't understand this. How is this possible? I'm eating more fat than I have ever come close to eating in my entire life. And the weight is just falling off of me. Um, I, I, I went to college on an athletic scholarship, and I weighed about 160 pounds, okay? Um, when I started this diet, I've been doing intermittent fasting for five or six years. And I was down to um, about 155. When I started the intermittent five years ago, I was 188, I believe. Okay. Well, on the carnivore, I dropped all the way from about 155 to 145. And, and I didn't want to be 145. So I started eating even more fat so that I wouldn't keep dropping weight like crazy. But let me tell you, if I just stuck to the straight carnivore like I like I started, I have no idea how much weight I would have lost. And I was eating the house every single... No, actually, I wasn't. I was eating less than normal, but I was more satisfied... Satiated. Satiated than I had been before. 
okay? And uh, I didn't have any health problems, but my energy went way up. And um, I just... What about working out, Alex? How was your strength? Oh, better. Great. Fantastic. Uh, Don't make anybody blush. How was your libido? Well, uh, (laughs) probably about like college. Probably about like college. Uh, Because you make hormones out of... That's right. Yeah. Right. So um, this discussion about fat is is sort of crazy and and it is for sure counterintuitive yes. because because Tim and I grew up even though I'm way older than him we both grew up with this you don't eat fat unless you want to get fat that is not the truth but Alex as we've learned the people who told you that were the people who were manufacturing sugar that's right yeah that's right that's right so um anyway th- this discussion of the gallbladder and resentment, unforgiveness, anger, fat. Let me tell you, um, Hope, um, out, she she was severely depressed the first 12 years of our marriage. And when she was no longer depressed, that was probably the biggest health event of her life, okay? To go from severely really? clinically depressed, and the doctor said for life, because it's genetic, to not being depressed, but number two, number two, and it may, and it's not far behind the depression. If Hope were here right now, she would tell you because she's telling everybody she knows about this diet, trying to get them on it because it's done so much for her. She will tell you this is the second biggest positive health event of her life, and it was absolutely life-changing. Absolutely. Uh, the last one of these programs we did, I think I was five days into my carnivore. All right. And I, and I've now finished hoping I did 37 and a half days. And I tell you what, we both feel like we're in college again, as far as energy and health and vitality and wanting wanting to go out and do stuff and laughing and having fun so so when Tim talks about, what was it you kept saying, the best for the rest of your life? So here's the thing, man. You get to be our age, and everybody's like, well, when I was a young whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah. Brother, I, I absolutely will roast you if you say that in my office. I say, if you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you got to do this, 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 this. So don't be talking about what you were. I want a spelling bee in sixth grade. We're not talking about that. <laughs> Come on now. I want to talk about uh, being future focused, not past possessed. Let's move. We got a lot of stuff we got to do and we get to do and we'd like to do. And, 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 you know, I always, I always tell you, Alex, I try to make it simple. Look here. Yeah, that's right. Oh, of course you're supposed to eat it. That's why they call it meat. Right. (laughs) I've never seen that. That's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. So, so, yeah, what I wanted to leave you with, and then we've got a couple of questions, is um, when Tim says you can you can still have the best of your life for the rest of your life, I just want to echo that and say I'm living that, okay? And, and these things that we're telling you about, they may say, you may listen to them and say, ah, I don't know if that's that big. Let me tell you what, 
it is life changing. It is absolutely life changing. So, um, Laura, if if you are here, I know you are. Uh, we've got a written question, uh, Tim. This one's for you. My 23 year old grandson just had gallbladder removed. How can I help him? Uh, great question. So, um, so because the gallbladder's gone now, the liver has to do more. And so when Alex and I were both 23, there was this stuff around college years called beer. And so I don't know if it's still, I'm sorry. Never heard of that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that's still out there, but uh, uh, what we have, what we have to focus on is we got to live really clean as far as liver stuff goes. So I would tell him, uh, you got to teach a young man how to become a, uh, old soul with, uh, maintaining the liver. So best things in the world for the liver, probably beets, uh, apples are probably, uh, gallbladder. And so they all always go together. So beet and apple juice, uh, would be fantastic. And then, um, I would say definitely a high fat diet, definitely choline. And then um, probably they're going to need to really understand, uh, research this, do your homework. Colacol is gallbladder in a bottle. So I always have somebody who got their gallbladder stolen to take their gallbladder after they eat fat so that they have bile salts in a bottle that break down their, uh, especially with organ meats. So like when you do liver, that's where your vitamins are, your A, D, E, K. So you get all those. So a uh, little choline, uh, learn a lot about Colacol. Don't work for Terminex. Don't work around chemicals. Uh, don't drink. Try not to do many pharmaceuticals. Motrin is not how you relieve pain. You get strong and do it the right way. You, you respect the liver and you live fantastic. And, and I just tell the young people this. Now you don't have a choice. Now you've got to be fantastic. So be fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, Another thing I was going to share is um, I've asked a bunch of medical doctors all over the world. um, What is the most important body system? And (laughs) and most of them say brain and nervous system, just like you you shared, Tim. But surprisingly, I've had a lot of medical doctors say glandular hormonal is most yeah. important. And and some of the ones that have said brain and nervous system, I've asked, okay, uh that's cool and 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 I can I can agree with that. But how far below that would you put glandular hormonal? And virtually every one of them, Tim, says just barely. It is so Can I comment cool. on that? What can I comment on that? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because what okay, you're saying so about if you eliminate fat, you're messing up your your own hormones. That those are critical to every function of your body and mind. So, Alex, one of the most common things that I see. So, let me tell you another one of my failures. Uh, while we're while we're on a roll here, let me tell you another one. So, I often have people that come in with a pain syndrome, and they may have been seeing me for twenty years. I fix their shoulder, their headaches, their hip, their knee, their whatever. And then all of a sudden I become a loser and I can't help them with their pain. And they'll come back a couple, three times. And and brother, we don't have days off. We try to fix it every time. 
So they'll come a couple times and they don't get better. And I haven't helped them. I failed them. And so, so they'll come back in like the fourth visit and they're frustrated because of our track record we've built. And they're like, man, I am just, I don't know if I'm getting older. I don't know if you turned into a lousy doctor. I don't know what the situation is, but here's what, here's what usually how that conversation goes. Usually they're on a drug called Lipitor. Yeah. And that blocks their synthesis of cholesterol. And so they get all these aches and pains, which if you do any research at all, it's really common. And the cholesterol coating that goes around your nerve is made out of myelin, which is made out of cholesterol. Cholesterol, like C-H-O-L cholesterol, like C-H-O-L, like, so, so you're, you're, so we're trying to tell doctors, and this is the biggest fallacy in medicine, which is the most important part. Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret. It all works together. So if you don't like know that the, the fat covers the nerve and the fat makes the hormone and the, but the nervous system tells everything what to do and the hormones tell everything what to do. You better work on the things that have a broad effect on everything. That's my vote. Yeah. Amen. All right. We're one minute past. Um, Shelly, I apologize to you. You had your hand up and we didn't get to you. Um, I apologize. Uh, Shelly's a friend of mine. Uh, come next time and we'll be. Alex, I'm okay. If you want to ask another one, I can stay. Uh, okay. Okay. Let me, I think she left. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, Shelly. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, are you unmuted? Go ahead, Shelly. Are you there? Shelly? I think you're unmuted. Shelly? She must have hit it by accident. Okay. Well, if you were wanting to ask a question, Shelly, sorry. We must have had a technical uh, difficulty. Uh, Yeah, all right. She wrote in. She did it by accident. Okay, Tim. Thanks so much. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Love you. And... um, Please, as Tim said, get to know your fats. Tim, last words. Yeah. So, uh, brother, I have to tell you, uh, we had we didn't emphasize as much the resentment, anger, and I, I totally didn't know about the unforgiveness thing. I'm going to. I wanted to interview that gentleman tonight that had such a massive monumental shift with his sugar after we fixed, of all things, the gallbladder. Right. But I'm going to connect you with him. And then I, I, I'm I'm not made the difference with him. You're going to make, and uh, I would really like to see this gentleman as hard as he's working for it to benefit. So I think focusing on those emotional corrections and and what you talked about, and doing the things that we said everybody can do with the carnivore and the increase in fats, and then a little of those choline type things, beets, apples. Please take this information, and you can make the rest of your life, the best of your life. Yes. All right. Alex, love you, man. Glad we're back in the show. Thank you, everybody. uh, We'll come up with our topic for next week. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Laura.